from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Westside. to see you. My name is Steve Mickle, and I can say for the last time, one of the senior pastors here at Westside. If you haven't uh, been in the loop, I, this is my last Sunday as a senior pastor. That might come to it as a shock for some people if this is the first time you're hearing about it. We've been uh, kind of processing this over the last month, and it's hard to believe that we're here um, at this moment after 16 years of me being uh, part of this church body. Um, we've seen some real ups and downs together. Um, I'm thinking about COVID in particular uh, and just the massive change that that kind of caused in the body of Christ at large, not just West Side. And, and, and then, of course, many of you walked with Suzanne and I at the loss of our oldest son, Chase. And so we've been through a lot together, and, um, and I'm grateful uh, to each of you, uh, especially those of you that kind of stuck it out um, through those really difficult seasons and engaged in greater ways over these past few years. So um, let me pray and we'll dive into the word today. Jesus, this is your church. You're at the top. You're in the middle. You're all the way through it. That you, by your spirit, would continue to lead Westside into the great future it has in this community. We're grateful, Father, for all that you have done through this body over these last many years and all that you will do in the future. We give you this time. Be in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in a series on prayer, and so I don't want to go too far away from that. Um, and there's this uh, type of prayer that was often, often used by the early church called commissioning prayers. And, uh, and so we felt like this was a good Sunday for that as you guys commission uh, my wife and I into our next season. Um, but before we get to that, I want to kind of talk to you just personally about a couple of things just that I see for Westside that I, I feel like even just in the last hour or so, God's been kind of depositing into me to, to share with you. Um, and, you know, most churches organize themselves in one of three ways. I'm sorry, I'm, this is a little bit of my Ph.D. work that I'm doing, so bear with me for just a moment. Um, I love this stuff, and there's about five of you that will love it as well. So the rest of you, just hold on. We'll get to some good stuff in a minute. But um, churches typically organize themselves in three primary ways, one of three ways. Episcopal, which is um, kind of leader-centric. Uh, think Catholic church, think um, top-down kind of leadership structure. Um, that's, that's called Episcopal. And then, then a second way is Presbyterian. Um, that's not just the Presbyterian church, but they use it. Uh, it's an elder-led church. Um, that's a church led by a group of leaders. And then the third way is Congregational, which is a church that's led by the congregation, kind of bottom-up um, uh, kind of ideology. And, um, and so when I thought about sharing this, I was like, you may not know this, but as a four-square church, that's part of our denomination, we are what's called a modified Episcopal <laughs> which means a couple of things. We're not congregational, nor are we Presbyterian. Um, we're more Episcopalian, which has kind of a strong leadership, leader-centric, 
uh, with lead pastors being um, kind of the ones that, that lead the local church, along with district supervisors who oversee pastors, with general supervisors who oversee district supervisors. You guys get to meet Wendy Nalasco. If you didn't meet her the last time she was here, she'll be here next weekend. Um, so we have this kind of top down, but we're modified because we have a group called the Church Council, which is a group of leaders that help us with the financial integrity of our church. And then um, we're kind of congregational in that you get to uh, uh, affirm the council members who, who, are, who serve as, as council as your kind of elected representatives. And so we're, we're kind of a mix, but we're mostly Episcopalian. Um, and that's, that's important to know, especially in this process. Now, the reason I tell you that is not to like, I'm in charge and that's the way it is. That kind of is how it sounded just a second ago. That's not the way it, I say it because all three systems of government and church, um, we share this in common, that the Holy Spirit is not really in it. And when I say that, I'm not saying like he's not part of it. He is, but you can't find him on the, on the, on the org chart of any one of these three. And what we've inadvertently done, especially in the West, is we have, we have heightened the voice of people, whether it's leader-centric, elder-centric, or congregational-centric. We've elevated their voices and, and at the same time diminished the voice of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that um, we have felt as we moved into this transition is that we wanted to not diminish the voice of leaders, but to elevate the voice of the Spirit. That we are lead, that he is leading, and we are following. Pastor Ken Johnson, my um, predecessor here as senior pastor of Westside Church for years, he would often say that we are discerners, not deciders. That we 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 are simply listening to the voice of the Spirit and trying to to follow him and where he's leading the church, and that's what this is. Uh, Suzanne and I's transition and Ben and Evan becoming the, the co-pastors, senior pastors of this church without me. All of this is in response to the voice of the Spirit. And we see this in, uh, in the early church. I mentioned this a few weeks ago in Acts chapter 13. I want to just highlight it one more time. Um, it's an amazing church called Antioch. And among, in that church, there were prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, uh, called the black man, Lucius, Manan, um, Saul. And one day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, that, I want that to be true for us, um, for Westside Church now and into the future, that we hear the voice of the Spirit saying, and he said specifically in this case, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I've called them. So after more fasting and prayer, do you see the centrality of prayer and fasting in the hearing of the, the voice of the Holy Spirit? It's so important that we take this time, this Wednesday, to seek God's face together for the future of Westside Church, to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. And we're going to do that practically at the end of this message. And I love that the prophets and teachers were highlighted. These were, these were men that led, that helped lead the church with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was, was part of the, they were discerning, simply discerning what the Spirit was saying. Um, and fasting and prayer was a regular part of their rhythm. And I don't know if the Holy Spirit spoke out loud, like a booming voice, or if there was just a sense of the Spirit speaking through these leaders, um, but they received a clear word from God. And I can tell you that I and the team here, we've received a clear word from God. Um, 
And I say that because um, I've told so many pastors recently, I, ha- I, I had a good thing going here. To lead a church like Westside has been a privilege. And, um, and I will miss it tremendously. Um, I was telling Suzanne this morning as we were driving in that I'm, I'm leaving Westside with energy. Most pastors who leave pastoring leave without any energy. They just got to the end of their rope and they can't go any further. And because of you and, this, and the culture of this body, I'm, I'm taking, I'm, you're sending me with energy, <laughs> with, with excitement, with enthusiasm towards my next assignment. And I, and I just love that. And it's because the Holy Spirit is working through us, through you, through me, through Ben and Evan. Um, and we're gonna see a model, just this kind of sending in, in just a moment, I think it's significant. We'll both get to do that this week, but also next week as we, as we install Ben and Evan as the co-pastors of this church. But before we get there, I wanted to say a couple of things to you, a few things actually. Um, and this has changed what I've wanted to say to you three times. The most recent time was about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> um, what do you say the last time you're speaking as one of the senior pastors? It's a really hard thing. And, and, I, was, and I, was, I was just trying to do too many things. And then, I, and then this morning, the, the, the team that serves you on Sunday mornings, they just laid their hands on Suzanne and me and were praying over us. And I just felt the Lord... Um, just remind me what he really wanted me to, to say to you. And um, it's what I shared, part of it is what I shared with a group of pastors that I'm, I'm gonna be overseeing. I had an opportunity this past week to share with them what I felt like God was, when, when God told me that he wanted me to become the district supervisor over the Northwest District of Foursquare Churches, he began to drop into my spirit what he wanted me to bring into that context as a leader. And... Um, and, I, and immediately I began to see that this, the very things that God was dropping in my heart are some of what I've tried to deposit to you. So I want to just kind of remind you of some things that, I've, that I feel like God, that, that the Holy Spirit's tried to do over the last 10, 10 years as I've been your senior pastor. First thing was Antioch was, um, was the first church where Christ followers were called Christians. And that's fascinating to me. And as I've thought about that and prayed about that, I felt like, and this is going to sound really exclusive, and I don't mean it to be that way at all, but one of my greatest desires for Westside is that we would define true Christianity for a new generation. There's a lot of different renditions of Christianity right now on social media and on the news and everywhere you look. There's just kind of a different, like, that's a different Christian and that's a different Christian. And there's not this like, and, and so there's this idea that I have about true Christianity, what it actually means to be a follower of Jesus. Where people could look at Westsiders and go, that's what it means to follow Jesus. That's what they look like. That's what they're supposed to look like. And that we would be a body that, in, that embodies the way of Jesus, his life and his love. And we, when we capture for a community outside of the church that this is what it means to be in love with Jesus. This is what it means to follow his word. This is what it looks like. 
And I want us to be that into the future by the way that we live, by the way that we love. You know, when Barnabas heard what was, when the church in Jerusalem heard what was going on in Antioch, they sent Barnabas as their representative to find out. And this was what he said. I saw the evidence of God's grace. The evidence of God's grace. That was his first impression of the church in Antioch. And I want that, and I, I believe it is, the first impression when people run into Westsiders. Oh, you're an evidence of God's grace. I know what it means because of relationship with you. I now know what it means to be a true Christian. You're redefining for me, for our community, what it looks like to follow Jesus. The second thing that I felt like God wanted me to deposit into the pastors in our district and what I felt like maybe God has helped through me to deposit here is a culture of authenticity and vulnerability. Some ways I didn't have a choice on this one. <laughs> if I did, I probably would not have. If I had a choice, I probably wouldn't have been so transparent with you because it's risky. Um, because we all know churches that, you know, you share your brokenness and it's not received very well um, or it's used against you later or it's, you know, it's every, you know, people talk behind your back about, oh, did you hear about what Pastor Steve's going through? You know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like risky, right? And I decided with God's help, to take the mask off, to stop pretending that everything was okay if it wasn't. And that was hard for our church um, to carry um, the weight of my transparency um, over the years. That's not an easy burden to, to bear. And you did it with grace. And um, I lasted in the ministry because of how you embraced Suzanne and me and our grief. How you loved us in our brokenness. How you accepted us with all my failings. I remember the first Sunday I was lead pastor, I was sharing, it was, uh, we did, we were right in the middle of a series called What Would Jesus Say To? And we, we went through different figures. And so the, my, my installation Sunday, we decided to go, what would Jesus say to Steve? And I remember sharing my testimony with you all. And uh, forgot that my mom and dad were in the room because I shared pretty transparently about my former addiction to pornography, and I told the whole story, and then I realized right in the middle of the story that my mom, that, who had never heard the story, <laughs> heard it for the first time with the rest of you, and I was like, oh, well, I, I guess this is going to be the definition of my ministry, is that kind of vulnerability, and um, sorry, mom, right, and this, this, and I want us to be, and I believe we are, so all of these are things that we are, but I want us to continue to be. A church that can be trusted with other people's brokenness. A church that can be trusted with people's questions and doubts and uncertainties about our faith. That, they can, that it can be a safe and brave place for people to share openly and honestly about their stuff. And they're not going to find condemnation. That this church would be known as a place that receives the hurting and hopeless. Third thing that I love, uh, Antioch was a refuge. So it says in Acts chapter 11 that there were um, people that fled the persecution of the church that, that began uh, in Jerusalem. They fled, many of them fled to Antioch, and that was kind of the foundation of the church was a refuge. 
for those uh, that were fleeing persecution. And it was a place where people could find themselves as part of a community and worship together. And then not only were initially were Jewish people, but then all of a sudden God began to bring Gentiles. And so now you have this amazing mix in this church of Jews and Gentiles. And it was the first place in the early church where these two groups got along. And there was this amazing community that, that embraced the other, those that were different, those that weren't, that weren't necessarily part of the in-group people that you didn't think would be Christians. These Gentile people, they were a part of this thing together, and it was beautiful. And I want Westside to be that place where we can be a diverse church that embraces those on the margins, the people that maybe don't feel like they fit in a church, that this can be a space for that, for collaboration and connection and community place for the disenchanted and de-churched. There are so many of you who you didn't just give Jesus a second chance. Most of you were already with Jesus, but you've given the church a second chance because of Westside. And can't the, won't that be amazing for that to be part of the, our future story as a church? That we're a place where the de-churched come in and they, they learn again, not just to love Jesus, but to love his body, his people. Another thing that I feel like I'm bringing into the district that I deposited here with God's help was a sense of shared leadership. Not just with the co-pastors, that's significant for sure. And <laughs> There's not very many churches that do that kind of model of leadership. But as I look out at you and I think about the team that we have here, this, this connection and collaboration and doing it together is embedded in who we are as a church. I remember the first time um, that when I, uh, Pastor Ken, my predecessor, he created this leadership team and there was this group of people we had never been structured this way before and he brought us together to begin to lead the church as a team and we just keep going diving deeper into that. To never do ministry alone, to always do it together, to always be with someone else as we lead. I was deciding whether to share something personal about my team, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that to, with them personally. We have an amazing team here, a gift. People who serve so faithfully. And then one other thing I wanted to mention that um, it's just kind of begun over this last year is a hunger for God's spirit. I, m- I remember sharing with you um, my sabbatical last year where I was at the, I was at Bryce Canyon on, on June 16th, the six year anniversary of, of Chase's death. And, and if you remember the story, I wanted this grand like move of God, right? Like, like him, like shouting from the heavens, I love you, Steve. You know, this kind of like, I'm with you. You know, that's what I wanted. <laughs> Not, you know, nothing big. I mean, just wanted that. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get that. I got some other things, if you remember. I'm not going to tell the whole story again. Some really beautiful things that I didn't quite catch because I wanted this big thing. And all I got at the time, that's how I felt, all I got was the whisper of Jesus saying, is my spirit not enough? And it wasn't a rebuke. It was more of an invitation that all that we have, all that we need is accessible to us through the Holy Spirit. It was this invitation to go deeper into his presence, this intimacy with him. 
to learn to hear his voice at a deeper level. And that's my prayer for Westside Church. It's my prayer for Ben and Evan. It's my prayer for all of us that we would go deeper into the things of the Spirit. To hear his voice. To walk according to his will. I want that for you. Just as I want that for me. I'm going to share one more thing. But before we do that, I want us to take communion together. And I want us to do it a little bit different today. If you, as you came in, uh, hopefully you were given or you saw the communion elements there to take one. If you didn't, gra- if you didn't get one, would you just raise your hand? And maybe if we had some ushers or some people, yeah, just raise your hand and they'll get one to you because um, we're going to do this together today. Everything we do as a church community flows out of what Jesus has done for us. Everything. The way we worship, the way that we teach, the way that we lead our community groups, the way that we serve one another, the way that we do community, as in, in the way that we teach our children and be with them, the way that we do youth ministry, everything flows from what Jesus has done for us. His sacrifice for us is the defining value of how we live in community here. To lay our lives down for the other. So I can't think of a better thing for us to do as we launch into the next season of, as a church is to take communion together. It both reminds us of what, how God got us to this point and how he's gonna take us into the future. So would you um, go ahead and open the, the, the bread side and take out that little cracker and And would you just kind of put it, just raise it up a little bit in your hand as an offering. We take this bread broken for us as a reminder of the body that was broken for the forgiveness of our sins. And would you say out loud, Christ's body broken for me. Go ahead. Go ahead and partake. Carefully open the juice there as well. And the juice is a reminder of the blood of Christ poured out for us. It brings healing, reconciliation, restoration. His blood poured out for us changes everything how we love and how we serve and how we give of ourselves to others. And so would you raise this in your hands and would you say out loud, Christ's blood poured out for me. Go ahead. Go ahead and partake. I'm going to pray a prayer. I pray almost every day. reach out your hands like this. Lord Jesus, you stretched out your arms of love upon the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you 
for the honor of your name. Amen. There's one last thing that the Antioch Church did that I just want to mention. Antioch was the first church to respond to the leading of the Holy Spirit and by the laying on of hands of Paul and Barnabas and sending them out. It was a significant moment because Paul and Barnabas would come back, Paul in particular would come back to Antioch no less than three or four times and as a place of refuge, a place where he could reconnect, just, just be refilled by the work of the Spirit, where he would teach on occasion. He would come back to this place and then he would be sent out again by the church to go back on his missionary journeys. He did that at least three times. And it was ascending church. And Westside Church is known across our denomination as a resource church, a church that sends, a church that resources other churches, that helps other communities, that, that reaches out beyond the borders of, of our kind of our community into, to help other people. I think about Bo Stern, Pastor Bo, some of you know Bo really well, and she hasn't been around here very often over the last year. That's because she's been at Beaverton Foursquare Church and recently was appointed there as the interim pastor because they're in a pastoral transition. Casey Parnell, Casey's there as well. He's their creative director, something he did for us for years. We have an intern, a former intern, planning a church in Idaho right now. I don't know if you knew that. Think about Nita Bells, who's part of our church and founded In Our Backyard, which is a, is a organization fighting against human trafficking all over our nation. Chris Irwicker, uh, Evan's mom, is always involved out in the community, and right now she's involved in kindred connections. We're just, we're sending and resourcing church. We are people who lay hands on people and send them out and empower them to do the work of Jesus. And so sending Suzanne and me out to oversee and encourage the Foursquare churches in the Northwest is simply part of that vision. It's an extension. It's just extending who we are as a community where we get, continue to be part of you. Um, where Suzanne and I aren't leaving, we'll leave for a while. You know, you won't see us around for a few months. But, but this, is, this is our church. We'll, we get to live in Central Oregon while I do this new job. We get to attend here. We get to minister here. We get to be a part of you, and I'm excited about that. But in a sense, we're another tributary and the life-giving Spirit of God flowing through this house as we go out and minister. That's why today is significant. That's why this moment is significant as you lay hands on Suzanne and me and you send us out. It's fascinating. I just didn't even th thought about this until just now where I was at the, our national conference of you know 4,000 pastors and and, you know, as I step into a new leadership role within the denomination, um, there was no laying on of hands. There was no prayer for Suzanne and me. And that, and it's fascinating to me. And I was kind of like, huh, I wonder why we don't do that. And then it just occurred to me just now. Because they're not sending us. You are. We're not an extension of Foursquare. We're an extension of Westside Church. Moving into this new season. And, and I think that's significant, that the Holy Spirit through you is sending us as you're obedient and Suzanne and I are obedient to the work of God. 
I want to invite Suzanne up, and um, she's going to share a little bit with you about this next season and whatever God put on her heart to share, and then I'll share a little something, and then, and then we'll have a team of people come up and pray for us. So, Susie. I just uh, really just wanted to um, say how grateful I am um, for the last 16 years here. And um, as I walked through this morning when the worship team was practicing, um, I quickly walked through and left because I didn't want to start in on the Kleenex yet. Um, <laughs> but um, I was reminded that um, we actually came here in 1995. Um, I remember it clearly because Chase was six months old and um, and Pastor Ken invited um, Steve to come and uh, plant a church and sisters, but be here first, build a team and plant a church and sisters. So um, Westside has been ascending, has sent us before. Um, and uh, I really just wanted to share that um, we've been in pastoral ministry together for 29 years. We've been married for 30. Um, and uh, I am leaving in a place where um, my tank is completely full. Um, I, all I feel is gratefulness um, for the years of ministry that we've had together in this pastoral sort of way, um, which I think is probably somewhat unique to have that experience. And I credit it to, to uh, this beautiful place that we call Westside Church, which is our church, all of our church is what makes this place beautiful. Um, and also um, Steve and I's marriage is the healthiest it's ever been. Um, and we've been in ministry for 29 years. So I'm super, super grateful. Um, all I would ask of you guys is that you keep loving and caring for your leaders in the same way that you did for us. Um, and that you would do that for each other, love and care for each other in the, in the way that it's been. That's, that's it. good, Susie. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of, um, trauma bonding that's happened with us and you guys. So we're, you're stuck with us uh, <laughs> because of everything we've been through together. Um, we're not going anywhere, but um, this is a significant moment and we're grateful to you. Um, really grateful that you've um, stuck with us and been part of our lives for these many years and will continue to be just in a different way. And um, so Ben, Evan, would you guys come on up and whatever you're going to do because we didn't uh, we didn't really talk about this part so in just a moment we're going to invite the council and leadership team as well to join us for time of prayer um, but Steve as you mentioned Acts 13 we know that it was the Holy Spirit in that passage that made the decision and initiated the move for Paul and Barnabas to be sent out. And in the same way, we are here not because, you know, you decided, ah, I'm going to try something new. It isn't because, you know, President Randy of the denomination came and said, I, I want you for this. It's because at some point the Holy Spirit had this moment in mind. And so today, as your church, in just a moment, well, we're going to do our part. Um, but before we do that, I just want to acknowledge that you have done your part, both you and Suzanne in such a beautiful, authentic way. And I think there's an expectation for pastoral, pastoral ministry and for pastors to like have this standard of perfection and to lead from perfection. And you've shown us so beautifully um, that it is in a place of humility and genuine care 
and an understanding of your own brokenness, when you lead from there, you can actually invite people along. And I think this room and Next Services room and those watching from afar are a testament to what happens when you lead in that way. And so now we're going to do our part and we're going to send you into a new season knowing that we're not sending you too far, but it's just a new, it's a new way um, that we will continue to benefit um, from what God has put in you and how you're going to lead now, not just for Westside Church, but for hundreds of others in our district. And we're grateful for that. Uh, Pastor Ben. I've got one. Thanks. Um, yeah, we're so thankful for you. Um, and even more so specifically for this time, we're thankful that we get to be a people that send you again. What an honor it is to play such a vital role in what God is doing in our denomination, our district, but in our region, in our world, uh, and to be able to be a people that aren't so tight-fisted that we're going to hold on to these good things that we have to share them with the rest of the world is such an honor. Um, so we're going to lay hands on you guys and pray for you. Any members of the council that are here, if you could come up and um, help us. Dave, if you want to come up. Kim, if you can come up. pray for you guys and then uh, we'll have Ginny pray as a representative of the council and then Dave pray as a representative of the leadership team and if you would just stretch your hands out as well towards Steve and Suzanne uh, Father God we just share one last time our thankfulness for this last season and now we enter into a new kind of thankfulness where we get to let go of the thing that we have held so dear. And Lord, we pray that uh, we would have the confidence to know that nothing has changed as far as your presence with us or with them, that, that truly the, the two that need to stay together, which is us and your Holy Spirit, none of that is changing in the least. And so we pray for a continuous confidence in the two of them that like anybody that's entered into a new leadership role, you are ask yourself the question so many times over the course of the next few years, are we actually the right people for this? Can we do this? Should we be making these decisions? And I pray that the response from Steve and Suzanne wouldn't just be yes, but it would be of course. Yes, of course, we are these people meant for yes, this moment. Or because you have equipped them, they have the experience and the resume, yes, but even more so, they are, have this deep anointing to continue to lead your church. Thank you for that. We send them with all confidence that they're following in your footsteps. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, we thank you so much for Steve and Suzanne and all they have brought to us. Lord, you gift people to be used in certain ways, and I know that you have gifted Steve and Suzanne to love and support others, and I can't think of a better couple to do that with our Foursquare pastors who need the support continually and need the love of others. Lord God, I thank you for their willingness and their kindness in this. So I send them, Lord, with others here just in a way to um, just bless them. Lord, I pray that uh, not only are we blessing them, but your Holy Spirit is just falling upon them and blessing as we send them. So we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
I ask the Lord, and um, God, what would you say to Steve and Suzanne in this, um, this moment, stepping into a new season? And he gave me uh, the verse Micah 6, 8. Um, and the prophet Micah is reminding the people of Israel who they are and how they are to be in this world. And this seems uh, a word for you, too, as you step into this new role. He has shown you, Stephen, Suzanne, what is good. And what does the Lord require of Steve and Suzanne? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. This is, Lord, the North Star of your people, all of us. And we bestow that, uh, that blessing and reminder on Stephen, Suzanne, when they step into this new season, Lord, that can be a whirlwind and can be confusing and can be challenging. Lord, would they be reminded, God, of who they are to be, Lord, to walk justly, to love mercy, to live humbly with you, God, and that will be sufficient. So now we are going to anoint you with oil, part of this grand spiritual tradition of our faith. And with this oil, we do commission you, Stephen Suzanne, into a new season of fruitfulness, of faithfulness. As you have served faithfully in this season, in this house, we, we send you into a new season, into an expanded role to serve faithfully even more, that the Holy Spirit would go before you, that he would saturate you with his peace in every difficult situation that uh, you will be handed and that will fall to you, Steve. I just commend you to walk in faith and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit with great grace on your life. Grace that has come not from some uh, just theoretical study of it, but grace that has been forged in suffering, grace that has been forged um, on the ground and face to face, that kind of deep well of empathy and, and spiritual authority would be evident in every conversation and every situation that you face. Suzanne, that these days would, would be some of the best days of your life. beyond expectation for both of you that these days would be filled with joy. These days would be filled with incredible, an incredible sense that God is with you and he's in you and he's on you. And every place that you put your feet, God has not only given it to you, but he has, he has reserved it for his purposes. And so now we commission and call you and say, go now into the purposes of God in the days ahead. Jesus, we worship you. We are grateful. As they have led, may we lead. As they have been faithful, may we be faithful. As we walk in humility, may may they also go in in this place for the glory of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you agree, would you say amen? Amen. 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 Thanks, you guys. Yeah, a round of applause for them. Thanks for that prayer.